I'm Wayne Nelson, and this is Talk to the Experts. Where has the time gone? We're already more than a month into the new year. Hopefully, we've started to settle in and are looking forward to the future and what it may bring. And you might be asking, how can I protect myself from an asset protection and tax mitigation perspective this year and into the future? Well, to help answer those questions and more, I'm joined today by Paul Lindsay and Norman Ewing from Macmillan Estate Planning. They're going to share some tried and tested estate planning strategies that we can use right now. Paul, Norman, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having us, Wayne. Good to be here, Wayne. Now, before we get started, I want to let our listeners know that the Macmillan team will be hosting two virtual webinars. The first one, Thursday, February 8th, and the next one on Thursday, February 22nd, both days at 6.30 p.m. For more information and to register, you'll need to call Macmillan Estate Planning at 1-833-266-6464, or you can go online at macmillanestate.com. All right, Paul, uh, we'll start with you. The 2024 budget is expected to be announced in the spring, which it usually is, and that, of course, is rapidly approaching. What should we be expecting to hear, and how can we protect ourselves from what's in store? That's uh, that's a a pretty tough question, Wayne. It's uh, perhaps a little bit too soon to be able to say with, with any certainty what the budget will bring. But what we do know is there's an, an ever-increasing budgetary deficit that the government just has to manage. Now, in recent years, we've seen the introduction of the alternative minimum tax. And uh, to, an, to a point, that's still in a, a bit of a transitionary phase. But there are changes afoot this year in terms of how that tax is, is calculated, the income exemption levels. But it's clearly going to have an impact on, on some high-income earners. Um, In addition to that, and it's very much a favourite topic of anyone sort of speculating about what a budget will bring, but there's always the potential for this increase in the capital gains inclusion rate. Um, At the moment, as we we, we may know, we are taxed on 50% of our capital gains. But let's not forget that historically the inclusion rate has been higher than that. So who knows, maybe we go back to to those historic uh, numbers. Um, And whilst, of course, we do not live in the United States, we can be perhaps peering over the border with a, a little bit of concern on the basis that President Biden's talking about doubling the capital gains tax rate down in the U.S., uh, we also have this this concept, and this this has been going on for quite a while now, of of the the wealth tax that's bubbling away there under the surface. Now it hasn't necessarily been formally debated, but there have been some studies that show that it would generate some rather healthy revenue, and and perhaps unsurprisingly, it also has the support of a huge portion of the of the population and not surprisingly in in my humble opinion when you take a look at i think there was a recent study out that showed uh uh 20 percent uh of the wealthy in canada control about 61 or or are responsible for about 60 to 65 percent of all of the income generated in our country while the poor uh who constitute a much a greater majority of the population are only responsible for about like 2% or something unbelievable like that. I can't remember the exact study numbers, but uh, just incredible. So if you've got those less wealthy people going, hey, those guys are making far too much money, let's tax them. 
And, and I think that's a, that's a tale or that's an attitude as old as time, isn't it? You yeah, know, let's I go mean, back to the French Revolution. Well, yeah. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> you know, let them eat cake. I mean, um, so yeah, I mean, that, that's, that, that I think sort of underpins this, this attitude to things like the wealth tax, Wayne. But uh, the other thing I, I would just, just point to as well, it's not necessarily taxation specific, but it's definitely in the field of, of estate planning. And, and we're also seeing... Uh, some changes at the moment around reporting and disclosure requirements when it comes to uh, trusts. Uh, again, as I say, that will have some that will have a, an impact on the estate planning landscape as we we move forward. But as is the case with any pre-budget planning, really what we should be doing in the here and now is looking at the exemptions and the reliefs available to us at the moment that can help us save or mitigate tax in our estate and just start to, to utilise them. Um, I mean, I certainly don't wish to appear inflammatory with this comment, but, you know, who can say whether some of these exemptions or these reliefs will be here after the budget, or perhaps they will look rather different. Maybe some of the, um, you know, those reliefs will have been slashed to a point. Take heed of the old adage, use it or lose it. Use it or lose it. Play the field that's in front of us, whichever you'd rather. They're both both highly accurate in this uh, this situation. I mean, fr- from our perspective at Macmillan Estate Planning, we we often publish um, articles, blogs, social media, etc., just just with updates in this field. Um, it's it, the idea is is we're, we're keeping our clients and even potential clients informed of obviously any significant developments in this this tax planning space. All right, Norman, what kind of tax minimization strategies should wealthy families be considering right now? In light of everything that Paul has said, because we really don't know what's coming down the pike, but we've got here's what we've got now, right? That should be the focus. So, what are your recommendations? Absolutely, because tax strategies come and go depending on the legislation and other factors. An example of this is using loans among family members to split income from investments. Now, this was really popular when the rates that we could use were 1% or 2%, but now that the rates are higher, the tax benefits in many cases isn't necessarily there. Uh, you know, the CRA sets rates for this, so they're, they're called prescribed rates, and the, the prescribed rates for this strategy uh, are now 6% for the first quarter of 2024. So the need, um, you know, for your investments to make the process, uh, you know, save you money is, is actually quite high and, and maybe unrealistic in some situations. You know, but our clients that uh, we've already set the strategy up uh, that we, we took advantage um, some time back um, when when it was available, they're they're still uh, reaping the benefits of uh, the, the the tax savings. And so, you know, as you pointed out already, you know, kind of use it or lose it. Um, you know, that's why it's important to have a look at at tax strategies now and 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 see what uh, what we what we can use. Um, you know, Paul and I sometimes talk, uh, you know, about a client and, uh, you know, we, you know, we look at, uh, you know, what we, we can do now or, or maybe what we could have done, uh, you know, a few years past. And sometimes we're like, you know, if, if only we could have done tax planning sure, two high, years hindsight's ago. Hindsight's twenty twenty, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. But, you know, looking at the now, um, you know, a strategy that's still viable for the now is the estate freeze. Now, estate freezes are a wonderful opportunity for business owners to save on tax or sometimes they're driven by involving children in the ownership of the business, and the tax savings is just the bonus. So what, what is an estate freeze, Norman? 
So simply an estate freeze is just an asset protection strategy where the business owner seeks to defer capital gains tax on a portion of the business value. By freezing the present value from a tax perspective, we're then allowing others, family members, children, grandchildren to share in the future growth. So maybe you could walk us through an example of a freeze. You know, we've talked about this on uh, previous shows, and I'm, I'm fascinated by this particular strategy. But if you can, again, walk us through uh, an example of a freeze so that we can get a better wrap our heads around what's involved. Yeah, when we see how it applies in a, a particular situation, it's a little easier to understand. Uh, you know, a few be- years back, we had a family uh, come to us for planning. The mom and dad had had built up a successful business worth around $10 million at the time. They were in their early 60s. They had, you know, broader family. They had three adult children, um, and two of them were working in the business. They had been working for a while in the business, um, but they didn't have any ownership interest. Uh, Ownership was still in the parents' hands. Parents are in their 60s. They're wanting to step back and start transferring that ownership to the kids, even though uh, they're doing a lot of the work. Um, but, you know, so, sort of there was concern as to how to go about that um, because one of their children was going through a divorce at the time. And before you go further, I'm going to do a cliffhanger ending here because uh, we'll have to pause for a break. We'll finish the story when we come back. The McMillan team will be hosting two virtual webinars coming up Thursday, February 8th, the next one on Thursday, February 22nd, both days at 6.30 p.m. To register for either or both of these sessions, contact McMillan Estate Planning at 1-833-266-6464, or you can go to the website at mcmillanestate.com for more information. We'll finish that story with Norman Ewing and Paul Lindsay from McMillan Estate Planning. We'll be back with more on Talk to the Experts.